Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I'm Ollie Davis. And I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I do this when I get a bit just like not not bored, mm. but you know when you kind of give up on a day. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, it's it's quarter to three. You can't no, give no, up it's on this. Late. Although you and I have not had lunch yet, so maybe that's what it is. You're just getting some like hangry pains. Yeah, we've we haven't had lunch. Uh, we've been we got up we got up early. For, for Raw, mm. and now I guess we haven't actually stopped. It's been a busy day, mm, very busy day in the office. In. Yeah, uh, but how was your weekend? Because you <coughs> went to a spa. Went to a spa, got a couple's massage. Ooh, sexy. Uh, and I I used the plunge pool. What's, so, a, what's a plunge pool? What's a plunge pool? Yeah. So, uh, the, of course, you've got the treatment areas, but then you've got the larger sauna, so you've got the... Like the, the the jacuzzi, the swimming pool, the salt crystal ice room, yep. which I kind of had a disagreement with with the person who worked there. She was like, "It improves your skin and all your energy." I was like, "Well, what does that mean?" <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, well, the, "The energy, the, the positive energy." I also didn't get an exact answer about why massage is going to make me more dehydrated for the rest of the day. Because of the toxins, your body's going to get rid of the toxins. I was like, what are these toxins? You can't just say a word (laughs) and expect it to be real. Midichlorians, you might as well be (laughs) saying to me. And so you've got the sauna. Of course, you sit in there. It's ludicrously warm. Uh, You stay in there for 15 minutes. You're so hot, it's really good for your body to then jump into freezing cold water. And that's what a plunge pool is. I see. It's like... Uh, as, well, this was a square, probably uh, two meters by two meters, and it was just freezing cold water. Yeah, uh, I've always had this question, and it was brought up on the Attitude Era podcast as well, on um, Steve Austin's Broken Skull Challenge, because the third to last challenge that you have to do is to dive into like this sort of big um, pool that is like ice-cold water. And you've been like, you've been running, you've been sweating, you've been working really, really hard to get to this point. And one of them on the Actually Dare podcast argued that 
well, that would be lovely because mm. that just cools you right down because um, then you've got to like duck underneath it and swim out the other side. But when I've spoken to people who have done um, Tough Mudder and things like that, they've said, actually, no, because it makes your joint freeze up. Um, so is it a good thing or a bad thing, Oliver Davis? I well, it's a good thing in recovery because it really helps uh, DOMS, delayed onset mus muscle fatigue, mm -hmm. which is, you know, when you feel achy after the gym. Yeah, subs. It really increases your subscriber count <laughs> yeah. for your YouTube channel. Uh -huh. uh, and it's yeah, it just it's 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 an anti-inflammatory thing. So your yeah, your muscles will repair better, and you won't ache. It's mm. all it's about a recovery thing. But if you're doing it while still, it's something you do after you've worked out, I not see. as the culmination of a workout <laughs> yeah, yeah, while yeah. you still have to do things. Because then you've got to run up Heartbreak Hill, which exactly. is just like I mean, and they tilt that camera so much that it basically looks like it's like. It's like Batman 66 <laughs> walking up a building. Um, but I, we used to do that in, uh, I say we used to, I've done it once in Sweden because we were staying in a chalet mm. that had uh, like a, um, a sauna in the, the chalet. So you would go in the sauna, we cut up to like ridiculous amounts of degrees and then we'd just run outside and jump into the snow. 80% fact, it's illegal not to have a sauna in Sweden. Really? No, I don't know. This is an 80% fact. Something like... 70% of buildings in Finland have a sauna in them. Hmm. Because it's such a big part of the culture. Someone sent me a really good 80% fact, but they sent it to me on Twitter, which means I'm going to have to do a quick search for it. Um, let, let me tell you about yeah, you my Please, please pool. do fill for time. So me and my lady partner were there, and she was like, should we do the plunge pool? And we'd seen a few people walk past the plunge pool, dip a toe in, laugh... And walk off. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, because she hates the cold. Yeah. But I'm quite good at cold showers. But I, that's a gradual process. I'm not very good at the psychological jump of just jumping into cold water. Uh, so I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. I feel really hot right now. So 15 minutes are up in the sauna. We open the door immediately. Cold air whooshes on us. I'm mm. like, oh, God, I'm regretting it. She's already walking. I, I can't shower up there are a lot of people there <laughs> yeah and so i walk in i first off i slowly get in that was a bad idea you want to plunge in that's the point of the name so i'm in there and she is just like oh it's cold isn't it and i'm like nearly crying <laughs> <laughs> and all i can do is to not just start yelping out swear words yeah. like, <gasps> like that and my face must have i saw a couple were looking at us and laughing <laughs> Oh, and I don't think it was because we'd gotten in there. I think it was because I looked stupid. Yeah. And I had to, I like, the, the, I was in there five seconds and then something happened where my legs felt like they were going to fall off. <laughs> like they started weirdly tingling. Totally safe, but it was painful. And I just, I've got to get out. And I honestly pushed Anna out the way <laughs> to climb out. And I felt, have you ever seen the, the film Force Majeure? No. Well, it's a, the whole premise is a guy's at a ski resort he, and he's at the, there's an avalanche coming. And they see the avalanche and he freaks out and he grabs his phone and he runs, mm. leaving his wife and children there. The avalanche is fine. It doesn't reach them. But the rest of the holiday... He's got to deal with the fact <laughs> he, he ran off with his phone. Yeah. That's how I felt. Like, I was like, yeah, but in the moment, how do you know what you really are? <laughs> and it exposed I'll, I'll get anything to get out of cold water. Yeah. yeah. So you wouldn't then go, because we slam in some glacial lakes um, when we were in Canada. And it was yeah. just, it was <laughs> liberating and bloody wonderful. And I wanted to do it more. I'd have done it three times a day if I could have done. In the nude? 
Uh, no, not that freeing. Uh, I was with a group of people. It made it sound like it was a nude uh, thing. Well, it was... Were the other people nude? No, no, everyone was just in their bathing suits. Sure. Um, but it was just... I, I loved it. I loved swimming in, uh, swimming in glacial lakes uh, in Canada. Canada, beautiful country. Yep, and they're cold. Oh, well, yeah, glacial I mean, they're, they're glacial. Like they would be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, yeah, below freezing. It's, mm. it's like... Inc- well, I mean, that would be frozen, I guess, then. Bloody cold is what I could tell you. <laughs> below freezing, <laughs> this water... <laughs> That I swam in. That I swam in, on top of, like a, like a uh, polar bear. Um, I found that 80% fact, by the way. It was uh, sent to us by Duncan on Twitter. It said, not sure if this counts as an 80% fact or not. Um, sticky notes were made by mistake when trying to make double-sided paper. That sounds like something. Like, Velcro was a mistake, I think, mm. as well. And penicillin, famously. Yep. Yep. Uh, anyway, we've got this email in uh, from uh, Woody, uh, who says, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, definitely not the other guy. I've loved your content if it's various forms for a while now, but I haven't been able to become a pledge hammer until recently. That was largely due to the cost of care for my daughter. Her name is Lily, and she is currently three and a half. I can also happily say now she is one year NED, or no evidence of disease. She was diagnosed with kidney cancer before the age of two and had one of her kidneys removed. Her left... Uh, ad- Adrenal gland or adrenal gland? Adrenal gland. Adrenal gland, thank you very much. Uh, as well as needing some reconstructive surgery on her rib cage. I became a stay-at-home dad and took care of her needs from day to day. I was a, I was at every chemo appointment. I watched your clips and videos and listened to your podcast. And yes, that meant I heard the same things twice. I didn't care. You all became my bit of escape. And over time, Lily and I started to watch wrestling together. She didn't understand what she was seeing, except that she loved Nakamura because he liked to dance and she could sing his song. <laughs> uh, we even got closer through wrestling. When things were rough, your content was there to give me a bit of a laugh and I just wanted to say thank you. The best way I could think of do that was to start pledging to you guys. It isn't much but I hope this email and small amount I can give is enough to express my thanks. Thank you so much for being consistent. It's from Woody. Thanks Woody. Thank you so so much. What a lovely lovely email. I'm glad to see that you are now one year uh, with NED which is a phrase I did not know but I'm glad that now I do know that it is a thing. So congratulations to you. Um, and more importantly he now gives us money. Well, no, no, which it's not, it's not the, the most important thing which now, is, is it? Which is it's the, not which the most is the important best thing. thing. That's the ultimate, like, that's where this journey has concluded. I, it's not the most important thing, though. Ned is also another thing. Non-educational is it, is it, delinquent? Is it said Ned or NED? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, Ned, no, no, that was a question to you. I was, I was curious. Oh, I don't know about the... I've never heard... Uh, what was it? No, no, no oh, evidence of disease. Email, no. Yeah, no evidence of disease. Yeah. No, yeah, I haven't heard that one. But Ned is a famous, well, it's like a 70s, 80s bit of slang because that's what councils used to call people who weren't in school, I think. Mm. Non-educational delinquents. Interesting. But that's really nice, Woody. So, thank you so, so much for, for that email. I'm trying to be... I'm, I'm, ha- I'm proud to have done our part. Yeah, well, and I, and I do, because I've been trying to think of, like, I'm trying to be more positive about myself because Queer Eye's back on, so, of course, I'm back on that train again. And the episode that was on, that we watched last night, episode four, holy heckins, man, it hit me like a truck and, like, made me... I've cried through every episode, but this one really did make me cry and I opened up a little bit to my wife about it as well and I just cried more Aww. and then she cried at the end of the episode because it was very lovely I didn't cry that bit though um, but I cried more but anyway uh, let's crack on into the main show anyway the oh, point that I was is making- a Charlie Caruso level segue <laughs> speaking of speaking empowering of- moments here's Batista <laughs> I was just saying we need to be more positive about ourselves. Like Batista is being positive <laughs> about his Hollywood career. Um, so we're going to kick off talking about that segment from this week's Raw. And then we'll be back with more of your correspondence and possibly some of your 80% facts because we've got a ton of them. Here's the show. 
Well, we are kicking off with, I would say, there are only two good segments on this show. Uh, and we're kicking off with one of them, mm-hmm. which was Batista cutting a promo from his evil mob boss villain layer in Tampa, Florida. He looked like such a heel. Like such a brilliantly heel. Like sitting there like, oh, you look like such a knob. You look like you could be the villain of a DC TV series. (laughs) With all the production value of a DC TV series behind you. Not crazy production value, not like in a movie, but for for like WWE backdrops, generally just a picture of Shawn Michaels' latest movie Mm -hmm. and a potted plant. Pure country. Yeah, and a scream. This was production level wise for just a live interview skit so Batista wasn't in like at Raw in Chicago he was live via satellite from Florida because if you're important you don't actually have to go to Raw each week see Brock Lesnar Mm -hmm. and Michael Cole is conducting this interview with him about Batista's side of the story yeah so it basically, that's how they were pushing this all night, is that the animal, Batista, is going to give his version of events, of his history with Triple H. And he essentially said that Triple H uses people. He used people in DX. I was only ever supposed to be the muscle of evolution. But I, in the end, I left. I went to Hollywood, and I became a big star without him. So I finally got what I want. Give me what I want. Give me what I give want. Give me what I want. And so that it's, it's interesting because that plays into... There was a lot of realism in this. Of course, this was everything was signed off by all parties before they used this material. But all the stuff Batista brought up are things that people have been critical about Triple H behind the scenes in the past. The idea that Batista wasn't meant to be the breakout star of evolution. He never was. That was designed to, well, it was mostly designed to make Triple H seem less boring because he's better in a group. Yeah. And uh, to get Randy Orton over. I'd say get Batista over as well. I mean, he got over more than they probably would have mm. like expected him to get over. But I'd certainly, like, the whole point of that group was to create two new stars. Yeah, but definitely it was more Randy, Randy was, than well, Randy was the first one to become yeah. a star. Then it was, yeah, Batista came second. Mm. But I think the evolution was certainly designed to, to create oh, yeah, new yeah. stars. Overall, but I'm saying Batista... I would argue, became way more popular than Randy Mm -hmm. and way more popular than a lot of the people in that group. And then, yeah, it's just about Triple H holding him down. And then we haven't heard him say this yet because I guess WWE don't really like it. He's become a much bigger star without them. Yeah, it's it's the thing that they didn't like The Rock for for a little while is that he became so big that he just didn't need them anymore. Like, Batista doesn't need WWE to get another Hollywood deal because he's a, he's a Hollywood-made man. Mm. Like, he's he was starred last year in a $2 billion movie. Like, he doesn't need WWE now to, to get himself a big deal. I really like how Batista... Because The Rock was The Rock. The Rock could quite easily walk out of the Attitude Era and straight into a crappy CGI sequence at the end of The Mummy Returns. Mm. And there... It, it took a while, like he had a lot of duds, but now he is a very well-respected action movie, blockbuster, movie money name. The highest paid actor in Hollywood. <laughs> exactly. Um, but he, he had a much easier run of things, I would argue, than Batista, who went and started doing those direct-to-DVD action movies, and he really worked his way from the ground up. Batista did that. I always feel like Rock in Hollywood was like, 
the like the Randy Orton journey. Mm-hmm. You, you're already made for this, and we might not use you the best at the start, yeah. but it pays off at the end. Whereas Batista worked his way through the indies, and I have enormous respect for him. And look where he is now; like he's a proper character actor. Yeah, well, I, that's why I've always really liked about Guardians of the Galaxy. Like that that whole movie is almost like various different points of untested. Mm. Like, Chris Pratt was quite big on Parks and Rec, but untested as an action hero. Um, look at this. He was in a completely different physical shape exactly, yeah. in Parks and Rec. James Gunn was a guy that had come from Tromeo and Juliet and this sort of, like, trauma background, writing scripts for Scooby-Doo that weren't being used, being tested on, you know, a big-time movie. And the production itself is Guardians of the Galaxy, a at best like M level mm-hmm. like comic book uh, property that no one knew when they announced it. Weirdly, the most bankable name in your cast, Bradley Cooper, is a voice role. <laughs> and so Vin Diesel, he's not even on screen. And Vin Diesel, oh, yeah, says, Vin Diesel, Vin yeah. Diesel says four words <laughs> in the entire movie: um, "I am Groot and we." So yeah, that this idea that trip. So the two points are that Triple H surrounds himself with more. Like other people in wrestling, so you've got DX and then you've got Evolution, because Triple H isn't really like Triple H is great. We love Triple H, but he does, I think he recognizes his own limitations and that he needs other more talented people around him. Mm. And to be more, I'm not, again, not being down on Triple H. When I'm saying more talented than Triple H, I'm talking Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, like he's a, yeah. a crazily. Uh, the, like some of the most talented people ever in the business. I think he knows how to use a faction to not only better him, better himself, but also better other people. Mm. I would say, like, like the New Age Outlaws, the the story that they always tell is the well, we were put into DX because we were more over than Triple H was, and they he needed us. And whereas X Pac was just there because well, they're mates. Um, but I think Evolution, I, I I think that the whole purpose of that he was best friends with Ric Flair. He wanted his own Four Horsemen, and it kept him on top for a good year or so. Well, that's it. That, that the evolution stuff. I'm not a huge fan of the evolution faction, and I, I, hear, I wasn't watching at that period. So. I hear evolution. I think Triple H's reign of terror, mm. like Triple H's reign of terror, would have been even worse, and I think unjustifiable if he didn't have seconds in Flair, Batista, and Orton. Yeah, yeah. So I don't like. I I don't I don't buy into the whole. Triple H is this generous spirit, although that's definitely how he's present, presented himself. Are you saying I'm the Michael NXT. Cole of this second? <laughs> kind of being the Michael Cole man, uh, the Pritchard. Yeah, the I bet Pritchard. Pritchard was feeding in the lines directly. <laughs> God, you're good. Yeah. You're so good. But this, whole, like, if you haven't seen it, go and watch Max Landis's short film. It's about 15 minutes long. It's called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling, and it's a. It's about the only good thing he's ever done. It's a, a fascinating uh, thing about. Like a, a way to present Triple H's character arc over the course of an entire career, so two decades. And one of the things he points out is Triple H, in character, but also kind of in real life person, is a little bit unsure of his own abilities, which is why he surrounds himself with people. Yeah. Uh, which and that's is what I really like that point of Batista's promo. And that's why when Michael Cole then sort of pipes up and was like hey you know I've known Triple H for over 20 years he's been nothing but nice to me he's been very nice to other people look at all the good work he's done that in NXT and Batista just pretty much just like look, look this is what Triple H does mm. he's the cerebral assassin he's the game he's manipulated you into thinking this is what he's like that's not who Triple H is I thought it was a really wonderful turn for, for Batista yeah. and a really good character motivation <coughs> for him because you can totally believe that because I think we as, as internet marks and, and things like that 
are of the the opinion that like God, Triple H's reign of terror it was awful. Triple H was always on top. Triple H has always been burying talent. Triple H has always been this. But now in the modern day, we're like, you know what? Can't wait till Triple H takes over because mm. I think the place is going to be so much better when he does. That's NXT. The, NXT because that is kind of like a modern day con- like concept idea is that we all I mean, a lot of us think this place will be better when Triple H and Stephanie are running it. Ignoring the fact that it's going to be exactly the bloody same mm. because Raw and SmackDown cater to very different audiences than NXT does. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think Triple H is... I can't speak for the person, but I, I think he's definitely manufactured a very positive internet uh, look like... Character, not character. What, what's the word? Like presence, persona, identity, persona. Yeah. And he sort of surrounded himself. himself with people that internet marks do like, like mm. Borash and like Abyss, and like he's bringing in sort of these people and creating like his own crew, his own TNA, his own TNA. Yeah, but I, I mean, so Batista, his delivery, I just again, just like last week, is on another level. Just like his backdrops, <laughs> he there's there's normal wrestling acting. I would say Kevin Owens and the like are at the highest part of that because they're, they're very very good but Batista is just you know he's a he's a proper character actor now mm-hmm. and he can deliver these promos so believably and like he starts off really calm and measured and I almost thought I feel I'm I'm on your side Batista yeah like I'm I feel like you're the baby face here and Michael uh, didn't help having Michael Cole as the person who's meant to be being the audience like immediately I'm going to take against what Cole says but then he says the line that I think is worked into what you were just talking about he said there's two things that I want to happen I want to end your wrestling career at Wrestlemania and I want to end like I want Vince McMahon to fire you ending your corporate career it was a really weird line Mm. because it's almost a sort of line that you don't think is ever going to get picked up on again but he's like I hope Vince fires him and it felt like a very real and genuine line. Yeah. Very weird. And it's it's that it's perfectly it's a perfectly guided heat seeking missile mm. to to get fans who want Triple H to like you know, can you think of anything more worse than more Vince <laughs> over the years? Like the, as fabricated as the Triple H taken over idea might be, I think we're all kind of holding on to that at least. Even if we recognise it that it's probably a very one-dimensional look at, at how things are going to play out. But I thought, I th- yeah, Batista was great. Um, it was great content, great delivery. The Michael Cole stuff, meh. Well, I preferred it to when he was on a moment of bliss. Yep, yep, that's a good point. But uh, the crowd, the Chicago crowd, started chanting for CM Punk. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, let's give some Patreon shout-outs to our very generous $25 a month or more pledges. Big bad, Blake Lloyd. Oh, Woo! he's big and yes. he's bad. Boom, boom. Cult sample. Yeah. Yes. Uh, today's Tom Sawyer meme, mean pride. It's a Rush song. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Okay. A, a band that my wife thought was made up for the film I Love You, Man. Uh, until I was having, until I played some Rush in my car, she was like, "Oh, are they an actual band?" And he's also a Mexican wrestler now signed with Ring <laughs> he of Honor. Certainly is. Uh, courageous Caleb, Whoa, so courageous. courageous. Driller killer David Humphreys. Watch out, so yes, they are only known as hashtag Team LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michael Plowman, that's his name. That name again is Michael Plowman. A uh, lovely Yeah, old, I got that reference. Lovely old Simpsons references. Yo, Adrian! Rocky. Woo! Cheers. Naughty Nathan Lamont Collins. Oh, he's Ooh, naughty. Naughty. And he quit the band, Mike Solomon or Solomon. Woo! Yes. Okay, I get it now. Yeah. I get it. Raw, however, opened with Brock Lesnar actually showing up for work. The last time we saw him was two months ago, or a month and a half, no, two months ago, really, on the Raw after Royal Rumble when he gave Seth Rollins 100 F5s. Well, he doesn't need to be there every week because mm. Paul Heyman is. Yeah. And Paul Heyman is there to continue the feud. Um, I thought Brock got very good heat, though. Yeah. Well, Chicago, great crowd traditionally. This is the opening segment. They're not bored yet. <laughs> Kurt Angle hasn't announced his WrestleMania opponent. This was a crowd that started off really, really hot, then slowly just got chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, until Seth made his comeback mm. during the Drew match to, to cap off the show. And then they were mega hot again. I really liked Michael Cole's line here. So Brock Lesnar's coming out with Paul Heyman there. And Michael Cole just says, Brock Lesnar's here 
as advertised. <laughs> and I just thought, what a... There was no irony in the way he said that. Like, yeah. usually you would, if you were a baby face, if JR said that, Jim Ross back in the day, he would say it sarcastically. Yeah. Because of all it's the times... advertised. Yeah. Because of all the times Brock hasn't turned up. That was the whole, like, stuff behind Roman Reigns' feud with him last year. Yeah, that yeah. he wasn't showing up for advertised dates. And, and yeah, the, Cole said it after just months of false advertisements by WWE for various stars. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so you got um, like recaps of Seth's promo from last week, and uh, Heyman says that uh, yeah, you know AJ, Finn, and Daniel Bryan—they all did take Brock to the limit. But do you know what? Brock still won. Brock is still Universal Champion. Brock's still here, and this brings out Drew McIntyre. Mm. I thought that was a really nice, it's a little moment where I was like, "Oh, this is cool," because we haven't seen something like Drew versus Brock. In, in WWE. So I was like, that'd be quite an interesting big man battle. Oh, meat slabs. That is that is a meaty, meaty match. Slabby. Uh, but Seth um, Seth essentially ran down and hit her in the back with a chair, trying to get a receipt for last week of him taking out Dean Ambrose. Neither Dean or Roman on this show mm. uh, tonight, because they were putting over the fact that Drew is, has been taking out members of the Shield, which would then build into his promo to end off the night. Yeah, I don't know what happened in the Dark Match main event, but the advertised, as advertised Dark Match main event, was Rollins and Ambrose. I think Ambrose was there. Yeah, the so, ad- yeah. so maybe Ambrose is written off TV forever now. Well, you're sticking with that, I guess. Let's see. We'll see. Uh, We've got, like, what, three weeks and... How many weeks is it now? Three weeks. 20 days. So three, yeah, three yeah, weeks. weeks. Three, three episodes of Raw. So that's why Brock's here. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that set up the main event match for later tonight, which, yeah. you know, is, is makes sense because it was Drew taking out uh, Dean and Roman last week, as you said, and now Seth's getting his revenge. And Seth didn't just hang out at the back taking all this crap from people on the mic. He went out there and he just took out Drew with a with a chair. It was really cool. Yeah. And then he runs down to the ring, Heyman and Brock Bale. Brock's just like, I'm not getting in the ring mm. with you, mate. It's not, not WrestleMania just yet. And I liked Heyman just shouting. It's like, tell him who the champion is. And he's raised the bell above his head. I, um, I'm, I'm sick of Brock being champion because we had this this time last year and I was kind of ready for it to end at last year's WrestleMania. So doesn't really work for me that we're doing it once again this time, you know, a following year later. But I do like Brock. Yeah. I think yeah. Brock is a very good screen presence when he's there. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You, the, 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 the atmosphere changes when he comes out. Yeah. The air shifts. Uh, I thought this was a a very good... It did nothing, really. Mm. Like, it, no, nothing was really progressed. But this was a fine opening segment yes. of a TV show mm-hmm. that I watch on a <laughs> weekly basis. Yeah, so peeling back the curtain ever so slightly. We're recording this at a, about 5 to 2 in the afternoon. I watched this show at 5 a.m. this morning. and I've forgotten almost everything that was on there. So I'm hoping that my notes are good. Yeah. Do you want me to... Well, that's uh, When it gets to bits that I think you might have forgotten, I will flag <laughs> it. Uh, so next up we had Finn Balor and... A mystery partner taking on Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. Of course, Balor lost his Intercontinental title last week to Bobby via Leo Distraction. Well, let's start the speculation. Who could this mystery partner be? Could it be Johnny Gargano? He's not been on TV since he was called up for that one week. Could it be another NXT call-up? Could it be a surprise? Could it be a big return? No, of course it's Braun Strowman. Like, of, of course it was going to be Braun Strowman. Yeah. yeah as soon as it was announced, I was like, oh, yeah, well, screw me for getting excited about <laughs> it something. Really was. But Cole, in, before the ad break, Cole said, 
who could his monstrous partner be? Yeah. And I just, well, you know, that telegraphed it, fine. But why does Michael Cole know? Yeah. I just, it, it, that opened up too many questions for me. And I, I, I found myself for the rest of the next match going, well, maybe someone, maybe the backstage people know, but the idea is the opponents don't know and they told Michael Cole. But why doesn't this usually happen? It reminds me of when Impact or TNA had their big like debut show on a Monday night. You know when they had those mad... January like, 4th. I'm not sure if it was the January 4th one or it might have been the other big mm. like Monday night debut show they had. It was the one where Rob Van Dam debuted, yeah. which might have been the Monday 4th show. But... um. Like before Rob debuted, like I think Sting's in the ring, like looking for a mystery opponent, and Taz just goes, "Hey, Tanae, what were you doing at four twenty this afternoon?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool. So it's Rob Van Dam." Then. Yeah, it's I way mean, to spoil the surprise there. It's not a big surprise. I don't, I don't really care about it. It's just it's made me confused about how much people know because the announcers don't even know what's happening outside of their screens. <laughs> they can't tell when someone's obviously running through the crowd. Yeah. Anyway, here's a shocker. Lashley and uh, Rush beat down Finn Balor for a long, long time. Braun got the hot tag. He ran wild. Braun won. Mm. How does this further Finn versus Bobby Lashley? Ah, because it's going to be Braun versus Lashley. And Braun in the WrestleMania Battle Royal, and Braun versus the SNL guys. <laughs> so the, it appears to be leading to uh, Finn challenging for the Intercontinental Championship as the Demon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which would be a nice. We've always wanted to see the Demon at WrestleMania. I don't think the Demon means anything anymore because. Oh, I dis. I. I- I think he does because he's barely been used. It feels like a big deal when he comes out. But it also raises so many questions as to why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's more my point. I, the demon's always cool to see, but it's like storyline-wise, I don't understand why. There's no consistency. Why wasn't he out for the Brock Lesnar match at Royal Rumble? Because he's not Baron Corbin. Look, Baron Corbin's <laughs> a huge deal. I guess the demon so. comes out for him. Kurt Angle wants to be retired by him. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I thought that this did very little to further the, that storyline. Mm. It was just like Braun pins people because that's what Braun does. And then later, Braun announces himself for the Battle Royal that no one cares about. So I was like, oh, great. Maybe the way you make people care about it is have the IC title up for grabs in the Battle Royal. Oh, interesting. Mm. Do you think that's what they're going to do? They've done... Last year, they had a 10-year-old boy tagged <laughs> with Braun Strowman. They can do anything, Luke. Well, I was thinking, me and Fakador did a show about this on Saturday, kind of like yeah. going through the, the announced matches for the Mania card and then kind of like talking about rumoured matches. And you're looking down the list of champions who currently don't have matches and or storylines. And then you're looking at, there's like five matches that are not for belts. And you're like, where are these, where are these champions going to fit into mm. all of this? Yeah, I think... Some some titles are going to be absorbed into those battle royals. Put Asuka's title up in the battle royal and just have her beat everyone. Well, no, she gets to be part of that triple threat match mm. with Mandy and Sonya where she gets to be a third wheel. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Strowman and Lashley really stood tall here. Rush and Balor were just there to get beaten up. So big people matter. Yep. This is what this match told me. Speaking of big people matter, Ronda was walking backstage. It was announced that she was fined an undisclosed amount for her actions last week, which some people thought was real. I'm glad they said that because I don't like it when they put monetary figures because it's it's never the right amount. <laughs> yeah. It's either a million dollars 
or, or a thousand. A thousand. <laughs> yeah. Remember Fine, ten bucks. Talking about forgetting things when Stephanie McMahon fined Brock Lesnar a laughable amount of money for F5ing Shane McMahon after the Randy Orton elbow. Thing. That's right. Yeah, because they were going to do Shane versus Brock at one point, and Brock said no. <laughs> so they just <laughs> didn't do it because, of course, he did. How many has Shane got the worst track record of? Plans falling through for him. Um, because people just go, no, nah, I don't want to do that with Shane. I don't know, man. Maybe. I bet you there's someone who's got, like, injury-prone mm. that keeps getting there. Oh, like, Tommaso Ciampa, I suppose. Yeah. His, like, his one storyline that he's had for the last four years keeps getting dropped annoyingly. Well, you know, it just made me sad. But, then it, but actually, it still makes it better, I guess. Um, but anyway, Ronda arrives with her new second. It's only her husband, Travis Brown. Now, as soon as he walked in uh, backstage... And they were together, and Michael Cole referenced Travis Brown. I was like, so you're you're part of this act now? Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll see where this goes. Thankfully, I think it's it's dynamite. Yeah. There was the only other good thing on this show, I thought. Well, I guess the main event match was fun. But. It was really, like, <clears throat> it just seems so weird to introduce this now. Mm. This sort of, like, very late in the game of Ronda's WWE run. Uh, I know she's only just turned heel. But if reports to be believed, she's going after WrestleMania. So it's very weird. It's very late in the day to introduce her husband as a character. Well, he always, if I'm remembering right, he wants to do some wrestling. So maybe he can join the women's division. I don't know where I'm going with this. He's still got to be part of the family that Ronda wants to start. <sighs> yeah. Well, like, he doesn't need to be pregnant, though. No, Men perhaps. can, you know, they don't. Oh, you, it's not like Junior, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie with Danny DeVito? I'm sure. If only we could share the joy of childbirth mm, with, with our female counterparts. Uh, but anyway, yeah, she, some refs try to stop her and she just uh, and tell her that she's late, but she just walks on. She don't care. I like how Ronda's character is, I make you so much money, I can do anything I want. That's great. That's so Very good. good. Do you know what's not great? Saying it's fake and scripted. Yes, yeah. yeah. I would have much preferred they yeah. go... With the thing I like yep, rather than the fake stuff. Yep, completely agree. Speaking of fake stuff, mm. a moment of bliss is back. I mean, I say it's back. It's still here. It's never It's never gone anywhere. Oh, it, went, it went away for a couple of weeks. No, no, no. Not being on TV for a week doesn't mean it's gone. <laughs> it hasn't signed with AEW. <laughs> So yeah, so she and this was mad awkward. This because they had like the setup for a moment of bliss. Bliss comes out, and then she just throws to Michael Cole at the announcer's desk for him to run down the WrestleMania card. Really awkward. Yeah. Then, <coughs> then back to her. <coughs> excuse me. Back to her, and she welcomes Elias out because Elias is going to be the headlining musical act at WrestleMania. Yep. Because the show's not long enough as it is. 17 matches, a rumoured 17 matches, eight hour runtime for this show uh, thus far. Oh my god. And we're getting a musical act in there as well. And Elias apparently is feeding with No Way Jose. I prefer an Elias musical act to a Flow Rider musical act or a Pitbull. Hmm. Yay. Um, yeah, no, I could see that. Because my I, is I would never listen to a Flow Rider album outside of a Wrestlemania appearance, mm. nor would I listen to, who was the other one you just said? Pitbull. Pitbull. He's another chap that I, mm. I wouldn't listen to outside of a Wrestlemania experience. Should they? Great. Um, I'm sure I'm sure they are. It's it's not my scene, but I'm sure they are. Um, but I wouldn't listen to an Elias album either, I guess. But at least he is a wrestler, and he can just do, you know, your local sports team to an international audience. 
that he put over here. In, <laughs> he said New York, the best city. Yeah. I, I bet when he gets to New York, he's yeah, not going to change Where's the consistency, mind. Elias? But yeah. anyway, he says that... Alexa says that this is a safe space and there'll be no more interruptions because it's not like a moment of bliss never has interruptions. And there was another one here because No Way Jose came out. Well, his music hit and Heavy Machinery came out with the sex party. And then from out of nowhere, one of them was No Way Jose who attacked Elias from behind. Mm. The funny thing was, so he was kind of disguised No Way Jose or No Win Jose, as I've rechristened him. Excellent. Oh, God, you're good at this. He takes off his mask and then he beats up, he, he jumps Elias because they had an altercation last week. They were meant to have a match, but Elias just booted him. Maybe it was an interruption. I don't care. And no way Jose's beating Elias up at the top of the ramp. But I'm like, I don't know who that is. Is that <laughs> one of the other sex party people? I haven't got used to his new green braids. Yeah. But it's had a match, yeah. It did lead to a match. No way, Jose. Crowd didn't care. Uh, I thought the sex party were louder than the crowd, mm. and uh, Elias won. The, cra- the crowd really didn't care. Oh, no, they That's did not. That's an understatement. Oh, this yeah. was very quiet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, to, for the one-two punch of finishing off a crowd, Kurt Angle came out next yeah. to announce his WrestleMania 35 opponent, the person who will retire him. Something that's been built up quite a lot over the last week. Yeah, and it was, you know, there's been lots of chat. Kurt Angle was saying uh, it could be John Cena, it could be Samoa Joe, Drew McIntyre, it could be someone like from his TNA days, or Bobby Lashley. Matt Riddle tweeted him saying, yeah. you know, I, I want to fight you. And Angle said that he, they made it very clear that he made this choice, and he said it was Baron Corbin. And he said that Baron, he's picked Baron Corbin because Corbin cost him his job as Raw GM. Which is sort of a consistent storyline, but Angle would have still lost his job when the new era kicked in anyway, so it didn't really matter that Baron Corbin cost him his job for a bit. And didn't Angle get his comeuppance on Corbin when he was dressed as a gold dildo and eliminated him from that battle royal to go on to the best in the world tournament? Maybe. So, Maybe he did. There's been a few six-man tags as well. Yeah, where, where, he's, beaten. where he's won. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, Corbin did pin him a couple of weeks, like a couple of months ago when Angle was rubbish. But Angle's good again now. So mm. not really sure where that was going. And also, Corbin's been cutting promos on Roman for the past few weeks and not Angle. I think this is pretty crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think this is pretty rubbish. But uh, Labar is reporting that this is all set up to swerve us. It's not going to be Baron Corbin. It's just being announced to be Baron Corbin to get us riled up, to get us angry, so we're then more appreciative when the actual match is announced. Which is, you know, that that works sometimes. I mean, great example. I didn't... I, I was worked by it, but then I really bought into the story by the end. Kofi versus Daniel Bryan. That has been very successful. I don't think you should run three of those at the same time. Yeah. Brian Alvarez pointed this out because you've also had Becky being pulled and reinserted into a match. And now you're doing the stuff with Angle. And it's only three weeks away. Yeah. Like you, you really want to announce your match now so you can build it. Otherwise, you get to next week and you reveal, ha-ha, it's a swerve. And you're like, well, now there's only two weeks. And what was the point of just having a week swerve? Mm. Literally a week swerve. I, and so... If it is a swerve, which I really hope it is, even though it's still going to be a crap story, there's some irreparable damage has already been done because it was Kurt choosing Baron. That's the issue. So if 
Next week it becomes, oh, it's John Cena. And everyone's like, yay, John Cena versus Kurt Angle or Samoa Joe. Yay, Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle. I'm really happy. But that doesn't excuse that Kurt Angle looks rubbish because he has chosen to end his career. A legit gold medalist, multi-time world champion in New Japan, TNA, WWE, and my favorite wrestler of all time. So I feel very disrespected by WWE's portrayal and treatment of Kurt Angle. This might be legit Kurt Angle's worst run in a company of all time. It is. Since he it came is. since he's come back to WWE and he was Raw GM, I don't think he's had a good moment. I spent or a good storyline. I spent you know, all my time, every spare moment, not hyperbole at all, since he left WWE, planning his like <laughs> fantasy booking his return. And the return was Oh, Hall of Fame video package. Kurt's coming back to WWE. And I was fuming. I was like, he's having really good matches for, like, what culture pro wrestling as it was back then. I'm just round the indies. Why are you just bringing him back in a video package? Like, bring him back in a storyline. And they did nothing with him. And now it might end. I don't, I don't even know if it's a swerve. Mm. It could be Baron Corbin. Because I felt like this was building to Drew versus versus Kurt. But they've they've decided Drew's gonna go with Roman and they've changed their minds. That would appear to be the case, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, whatever happened to that Drew storyline with, with Kurt where he sort of embarrassed him <coughs> on Raw made him tap out to his own move. Yeah. I guess well, I guess the in fairness I say in fairness, that angle retirement storyline was just dropped of Kurt being rubbish and having to rebuild himself up. That was just dropped after a couple of weeks. And then they didn't really know what they were going to do with it until last week where it was just like, it's going to happen. Mm. So I don't know. Either way, I think it's crap. Yeah, the story's there. Yep. Baron and Kurt do have legit beef for about a year period. But it's a crap beef. And it's it's a beef that no one cares about because that beef has been long gone because we don't have GMs anymore. If Corbin was still GM, it'd be a different matter. But we mm. don't have general managers anymore. There are no authority figures in WWE anymore. That's so evident. Yeah, it was. If if a bad or author, a, a heel authority figure was forcing Kurt to have his last match against Baron, and that's the way it is for a bit, and then we get a better match, brilliant. Yeah. But that's not what they've done. It was Kurt choosing it. it makes Kurt look bad. The Chicago crowd. Booed Kurt Angle. Yeah. Not, that's the wrong direction of the heat. They were not booing Baron Corbin. They were not booing a heel authority figure choosing Baron Corbin. They were booing Kurt Angle making a bad choice. Like, imagine if Baron Corbin walked out and said, I've spoken to them at Mans. I'm going to retire you. And, like, he, and, and cuts and, Kurt off. And it puts the heat onto Baron there, as opposed to putting the heat onto the bloody baby face making yeah. this choice. It, it's not great. I and but it, It's awful. It is awful. But if it is a swerve then they have got the reaction that they were after because it's massively downvoted on YouTube. And that was all the tweets I had this morning from people who watched this show were all about Baron. Mm. No one sent me anything about Batista. No one sent me anything about Seth or Drew or Brock. It was all about Baron Corbin. So I guess in a way, if it is a swerve, it did work? Question mark? Problem is, we don't talk about the people who just stop watching. <laughs> yeah. So... You know, people 
people will just stop watching off the back of this. Yeah. Remember when all those people were just tuning out because Baron Corbin was in the main event? Yeah. And just stopped watching. It's baffling. And, and you know, I won't get into this anymore, but there was just one line as well where Kurt said, thanks to the McMahon family for letting me choose my opponent. Yeah. So it's just like, so you're rubbish because you chose Baron Corbin. And also, you're sucking up to a family that are half heels the last time I looked with Vince and Shane. Yeah, they're definitely the heels. Stephanie's questionable, Baffling. Baffling. so I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, he, after last week, said that he might have just had his last TV match on Raw. He had another one this week. It's his sort of farewell tour. I thought it was last match in Pittsburgh. Is that what it was? Yeah, no, but then on the Raw, like, I guess it's a YouTube thing, so it's not canon anyway. Mm. On the YouTube thing, he, thinks he, he said that it was my last TV match. Well, you know, my last match until WrestleMania. So I'd, either plans change or that's out of continuity. Yeah, yeah. Either way, he had another exhibition match. This time he has Chad Gable. And I thought, well, this should be great. This should be great. And it was good. It was okay. I yeah. thought it was a bit sloppy. I liked, I just, I, I got off a lot on Chad Gable wrestling Kurt Angle. Yeah, yeah. So even though there were a few missed spots and it looked a bit awkward at times, I, I, I could get past that. What I couldn't get past was the Baron Corbin announcement. So I watched this entire match yeah. enraged. It's and like also... actually like like sort of like no that they didn't they no 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 that can't be right. I think it also it slots Angle into a really bad position because he is essentially inserting himself into the lower mid card by having matches with Apollo Crews and Chad Gable. And like these matches are not doing anything for them. It's not doing anything for Kurt, but if anything it's just bringing Kurt down. And having a match with Baron Corbin doesn't feel big time either. So what should feel like a big main event storyline, this is Kurt Angle's final ever match. And it feels like it's a lower card thing. Mm -hmm. this, this could be second on the card at WrestleMania. Kurt Angle's retirement. It's, 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 it's offensive, <laughs> is what it is. Uh, speaking of Apollo Crews, he goes up to Baron Corbin backstage afterwards and goads him into a match because Apollo wrestled Kurt last week. Because they're friends now. Respect. Uh, and then we got the women's tag team champions, Sasha Banks and Bailey coming out to talk about how they're going to face the Iconics tonight on SmackDown. Yes. Well, yeah, not to, not to have a match with them. Was that what they said they're going to have a match there? I thought they just said they're going to appear on SmackDown. I out. And... <laughs> Kofi, the, we know the gauntlet match is starting SmackDown tonight, so perhaps my fantasy booking mm. of it going the whole two hours could happen, but that would mean the other advertised stuff that they've done, like Bailey and Banks showing up on SmackDown and Miz addressing Shane McMahon isn't going to happen. Insets. Well, yeah, maybe, I suppose. I could always be. Yeah, it'll, it'll probably go the first hour, I guess. Um, I did like Charlie saying that, hey, you've not been on SmackDown, but they did reference NXT. Mm -hmm. They did reference that they've been there, so that's nice to get that into continuity. Um, but what happened was Beth Phoenix and Natalia came out to have just a horribly scripted promo. Yeah, just yeah. a really awkward, like, Sasha Banks, Bailey. they're not the best promos, especially in their current guise. And Natalia's no good. Beth Phoenix is no good doing this really stilted dialogue. And she's saying things like, I sat there watching the women's evolution happen and you've awakened the dragon. Mm -hmm. I was just like, this is bollocks. It felt like if you looked at this as a script, there'd be loads of that little TM thing, little trademark. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was just... And that's what Beth Phoenix's commentary is. I don't know if that's her or if that's just how I she's produced. I really don't think it is. I, I imagine it's how she's produced. Yeah. But she just sounds like a buzzword machine. Yeah. And she doesn't come off any more realistic here. And I don't like how WWE have finally decided, huh, you're under contract. You're a legend. We're going we're gonna to portray you as a legend. Sure, she's a Hall of Famer, but I don't... Everyone's a Hall of Famer these yeah, days. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really look back at... WWE's history and think of Beth Phoenix as one of these Mount Rushmore figures and that's that's how they're presenting her. But that might just be because that was during a very down period where you, I mean this is again you and I trashing the mid 2000s which is a, a very beloved time for a lot of uh, our audience so we, we can't trash it too much there'll be people who, re, who will look at Beth Phoenix the way we did China back in the day. Mm. So I think Beth probably did have a very good career. I can't tell you a single like Apart from the Santino stuff. Well, yeah. That's the only bit I remember. And and that's it. It's like, and it's not Beth's fault. It's that she, unfortunately, was just in a period of time where WWE didn't want women's wrestling because they didn't think anyone wanted it, despite the fact there were other promotions doing it, doing it very well and drawing massive ratings with it. But um, I I suppose, though, it is our fault. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it, it was, she was just in the wrong time. She was in the wrong period of time for WWE where they were just like, you know, telling women you can't do punches, you have to do slaps, making them go out and retape matches if they looked a bit good, making them go out there and just being like, no, you do less, do less in your matches because we don't want you to outshine men. Yeah, there's that. But still, that doesn't explain why WWE are now presenting her as this revered legend figure. Because they always do rewriting of history. Yeah, but it just makes her, just makes it ring even more hollow. And it's a shame because Beth, like, of all the legends they bring back, like Trish and uh, Lita. Mickey uh, James. Mickey, well, no, Mickey James is, is different. I, yeah, she's she's actually still really good. <laughs> but, uh, but like, when they come back, I'm not like, I, I always, my first stumbling block is you don't look like you could beat anyone up. You you you're not as young as these people and you've you've been retired for like ten years. Whereas Beth Phoenix looks amazing. Amazing. Like she looks way more physically impressive than a lot of the current women's roster. She looks awesome. Mm. So like I believe in her as a in ring wrestler, but I don't believe in her as this Second coming of Mae Young. I believe her being a legend more than I do when they kept saying that Alicia Fox yeah. was yeah, like well, you know like the figurehead of this division, bar. and you know she was the the true pioneer of this women's division. Anyway, Phoenix said she's going to come out of retirement at WrestleMania, so her and Natalia can take on Sasha Banks and Bailey for these really precious women's tag team titles. Has only been around for a month. I'd, I'd give them a give them a bit more time before they become devalued, and. Um, yeah, and then they kind of got into a bit of a, a tete-a-tete and they were saying, like, hey, uh, the Bailey and Banks were like, you know, this this division has evolved beyond you now. You know, you're, you're from a completely different era. And Evolve. Th- Evolution. <laughs> uh, and then Nia Jax came out um, and... Did they? No, no, sorry. I've written, they get into each other's faces, the segment ends. And it did lead to a match between Natalia and Sasha Banks. That's when Nia came out. She made fun of people. Uh, and said that she is stronger, a prettier version of the Glamazon. Uh, and then Tamina attacked from behind. I guess it was a DQ. Have you seen Nia Jax's um, t- uh, new t No, Nia Jax, sorry. Tamina's new T-shirt. Chat me up, Pritchard. It says, nobody meaner than Tamina. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's, that's, that's <laughs> kind shout of... Out to, shout out to my friend Kel for sending me that yeah. one on Twitter this morning. It really made me laugh. That's fitting. In a very naff way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
so, yeah, it looks like they're building Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Nia Jackson Tamina versus the Iconics versus Beth Phoenix and Natalia. The Divas of Doom. Which does not excite me in the slightest. Add an NXT team in the mix. I'm in. Well, that was the original plan, mm. was it was going to be those three teams and possibly the Sky Pirates from NXT, but they've decided to go with Natty and Beth instead. Yeah. Uh, then we got Mojo Rawley's back. Uh, yeah. Doing the same promo he was doing two months ago. He's stuck in the mirrorverse. He cannot get out of it. He's yeah. just standing there staring in the mirror. And I'm like, have you been doing this every week? We're just not seeing it now. They're great promos. Great promos. Really well-delivered promos. Yeah. But... He's immediately fallen into Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah, but there's no payoff. So no. why would I care about this? It's just nonsense. Yeah. Uh, it's, he, you know, it's going nowhere. So this, he had a couple in January when these first started. When was the last time we saw Mojo Rawley on television? In a match or doing these segments? Well, they're both the same. <laughs> okay. Well, no, match must be much longer. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so the most recent one is The most is recent one, I would say, was in, I'm going to say... I don't think it was January. It wasn't in the lead up to the Rumble. So December? Oh, no, it was February 4th. No, was it really? Yeah, yeah. No, this was only a January thing they started doing. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm so, surprised. Well, February 4th. It felt like it's been gone much longer. Drop it for six weeks and then pop him up again in a, a minute-long promo. Which was the same as the one he was doing six weeks ago. <sighs> He needs to figure this out quickly because that's what he was asking in the, uh, the in the mirror. Why can't I figure this out? And I'm like, I don't know, mate. Ask yeah. the writers. Do you think he's in an escape room? <laughs> the hardest escape room ever. Yeah, and would... like that, he just has to open the mirror. Yeah, he's used, he's used all three of his hints. Yeah. Uh, then we got. I don't know who booked this match. Ricochet versus Jinder Mahal. Well, Alistair Black's on his honeymoon, yeah. so they can't do a tag match with The Revival and or Chad Gable because Chad Gable was in the Cat Angle match. Also, there's a reason why The Revival went on TV this week because there's no one else for them to have matches with. So we had Ricochet versus Jinder. Um, it did remind us that Jinder was WWE champion once, yeah. and this match was him working over Ricochet for a long, long long time i would say 80 percent. that's not exaggeration no 80 of this match was either jinder very slowly working over ricochet or having him in some kind of rest hold and then you know that, that's such an outdated view of uh, like exciting wrestling these days or audiences have moved they've evolved from from watching yeah. these kinds of matches you like to have a boring guy get rest holds and then have an exciting flurry of offense from the baby face. You have to be really, really good to make that work. And Jinder Mahal, bless him, is like not good in that way. No. <laughs> no. And he's also, he's really physically impressive. But that makes it doubly bad that he's up against Ricochet, who is in reality very small. Yeah. And it's just baffling. It was, I can't believe that people thought that this batch of call-ups would be okay. Alistair Black, Ricochet, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. Granted, Ciampa and Gargano have been uh, taken out with accentuating circumstances. But they were going to be a babyface tag team together, so that was already yeah. weird. 
Yes, but I had I I, I think that's probably for the better for them because they would have been screwed up. They're not Ricochet and Black are not screwed up, but this is so ineffective and every week it just solidifies them more in the mid card or in this case undercard. Mm. A match against Jinder Mahal where he's beaten for eighty percent of the match and gets a fluke victory at the end. Lacey Evans wasn't on the show either. Speaking of NXT call up, she wasn't on SmackDown, so we're now EC three. Uh, well, according to, uh, I think it's WrestlingNews.co, he's got heat backstage, mm. and Vince just isn't high on him at the moment. Um, Nikki Cross, she hasn't been around since before, what was the one before Fastlane? Elimination Chamber. She lost to Ruby Riots before her match with Ronda yeah. Rousey, which went, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. Um, <sighs> yeah, this, this wasn't great. Um, I also, fun little fact for you, peeling back the curtain somewhat, when I start doing my notes, I actually have blankets, like I've already written out some of the notes, but I've just put like blanks, which I can then fill in later. So I'll have blank works over blank, or rather blanks cause distraction, which allows blanks to take over, blank works over blank, blank makes comeback, blank wins. That, so I have that like written down already, so I can just go in there and just change the names. Have it for tag matches as well. Heels work over blank. Blank gets hot tag. Blank runs wild. And and this was this was this was yeah. a, a very formulaic match. Singh brothers cause the distraction, allows Jinder to take over. <laughs> Jinder works over Ricochet. Rick makes a comeback. Rick wins. Yeah. Uh, Seth Rollins had a promo on Drew next, and he talked about getting revenge for Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose, and then we got. The other great thing on the show, apart from the Batista stuff, which was Ronda Rousey taking on Dana Brooke. Yeah, I did like Mean Charlie was brilliant in this backstage segment where she was like, Ronda Rousey's awesome. You're rubbish. Yeah, she even How? said, yeah. <laughs> and you're, I mean, you're, you're, and Dana was like, I'm Dana Brooke. Yeah. And, and not as like, I'm Dana Brooke and I'm proud. It's more like, I'm Dana Brooke and I'm rubbish. And Charlie essentially was just like, Dana essentially goes, I may be rubbish. But I just need to be less rubbish than Ronda is for three seconds. Look, I, <laughs> I thought I, I've, I've been really impressed with Dana Brooke. Like, I think objectively, she cut a great promo last week. I think she cut a great promo here, and I started to believe in her. And I get the way it went down. But if Dana Brooke started having a slightly competitive match with Ronda, I, I would have been into Dana. I would have mm. been rooting for Dana. But yeah, Mean Charlie Caruso was <laughs> savage. <laughs> Savage on sh- on, was, on uh, Dana. Anyway, Ronda murders Dana Brooke and mm. taps her out immediately. Like it went borderline fifteen seconds. It was eighteen seconds. Eighteen seconds. 18 seconds. Crikey! And it started off with these knees to the face, oh, which mate. looked great. Ronda absolutely brutalized her. Like Ruby Riot had a more competitive match at Elimination Chamber. I've got down in my notes. Um. This had way more build than Ruby Riot versus Ronda. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's I mean, they actually had it? segments together. So, yeah, yeah it really did. Uh, I thought credit to Dana as well, though, because uh, Dana's selling of the arm bar was, was awesome. really good. Yeah, so, so great. Her screams mm. were so guttural. It was, I thought she was awesome. Yeah, because she tapped very quickly. But even that was like, it looked like she tried to hold on. It was really, really well done. Yeah. But Ronda kept hold of the move. It's like she was yanking it even further. I thought Dana was really great. Yeah. And even afterwards, uh, there was a, a kerfuffle that we'll talk about in a sec on the outside. Dana's holding her arm a bit weirdly. Like, mm. it's obviously not dislocated, but there was an effort to hold it like it was. Yeah. I, I thought I thought she was great. I thought she was really good. I've been a big fan of Dana. I loved her in her NXT days. Mm. I thought she was a real... She was someone who just got her character... And I thought she was really good. Might not have been. Oh, all that stuff was on the wonderful. Yeah. Like she was never the world's best wrestler, 
But I think she really understood her character and really portrayed that character well. And then she came up to the main roster and was like, oh, you're Charlotte's lackey now. It was too soon. She she wasn't she was ready. Brought she up ready. way too soon. Uh, Remember yet, that was going to be the big WrestleMania <coughs> match, Charlotte versus Dana. Mm. Um, but after this, Ronda is sort of not chased off, but she leaves the ring after a bunch of referees come down to check on Dana. She goes to her husband, Travis Brown, mentioned earlier by ringside, gives him a little smooch. Check off Travis. Yeah, and then some security guards come in and say, no, you've got to come with us. I don't really know why they were there. Well, they were just there to make sure she doesn't attack anyone else, yeah. I guess. And uh, Ronda just attacked them. Yep. And... They yeah, Travis grabbed one and gave a wicked punch. <laughs> it looked wicked. It looked like a really good punch. It was so good. And then uh, Brown lifts Ronda up over the barricade, and they just walk out through the crowd. It was great. They looked so cool they together. They felt like superstars. Yeah, and it was such a good way to build on Ronda's heel character from last week. It's it's just a shame that it's come a three four weeks before the match with Becky. And after a myriad of arrests and suspensions yeah. and injuries. Yeah, they, they, they're trying to repair this storyline that they themselves broke. Mm. And I, I think they're doing admirable work, but I don't think it undoes all of the bad stuff they had done previously. No, no, no. Um, and, and they can't. It's, it's sort of like Becky's cooled off quite considerably, unfortunately. But it's weird now Ronda is this super heel, and she's so good at it. I don't. I get why they have Charlotte in the match in case one of them gets injured, and there's that sort of Plan B mentality. But I think it kind of renders Charlotte a bit redundant because she's supposed to be the heel of the the trio, and Ronda's such a good heel in comparison to Charlotte. But yeah, I mean, there's also a shame it's not a singles match now. Has there ever been any explanation? Or any storyline, and I'm I'm hoping to be wrong here. I'm hoping that people can point out where where I'm wrong because I'm I I don't know about this. Has there been any storyline reason given as to why Becky and Charlotte have not been on Raw for the past few weeks to kind of help build their WrestleMania match? Is there any reason why they've just gone to back to being SmackDown only again? No, not that I can recall. Mm. I thought you were going to say, <coughs> is there any reason why Vince? Oh, Vince added Charlotte. No. <laughs> no, no, well, no, again, but that's just part of like all of that stuff's just been dropped. Mm. It is in years to come, we will look back on this and we will look at this first seven weeks worth of build for uh, Rhonda, Becky, and Charlotte as the um, Deborah is Rock's manager yeah. before their WrestleMania X7 match. Like for that one leader. week storyline that they did. Um, after that, from, from the highs of Rhonda's great heel act, we got Apollo Crews versus Baron Corbin, yep. which the crowd were dead for. They didn't get entrances. It was a boring match, but the crowd hilariously chanted, you're not Cena, <laughs> to, to Baron Corbin. And WWE, their booking is so bad, they got Chicago to chant for John Cena. Mm. But again, I, it's all. I'm guessing this is all part of the, the, the storyline because Cole was putting over how social media is very upset that Baron Corbin is facing Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. I hope it's a swerve. It's still a badly told story because Kurt chose Baron. Oh, oh, I, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. But uh, anyway, Cruz won. 
And the storyline they're telling is that uh, Corbin got distracted by the crowd. He almost distracted himself, and that's what allowed Corbin um, to win. So, um, uh, sorry, Cruz to win, rather. So um, maybe that's what will help Kurt Angle get the win at WrestleMania, because he's clearly he's too rubbish to actually beat Baron Corbin. Mm. That's been proven once before. It's like, what a way, if there is Baron versus Kurt, what a great way to build up Corbin. Have Apollo Crews get a surprise roll-up victory <laughs> know, right? three weeks out. I did think to myself, I was like, surely Corbin's winning here, yeah? Mm. And then, nope, 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 nope. absolutely not. Uh, so then was the Batista segment, mm. and we got this awful segue from Charlie Caruso. Bless her heart. I don't want to rag on Charlie here because she's she's just doing a job. Charlie's she's mean. given stuff to say. Mean Charlie Caruso's great. This is this is a problem we've, we've brought up. A few times now over the last few weeks yeah. where something will happen. It will cut back to the backstage generic robot interviewer, uh, Kayla Braxton. Dasha Fuentes. <laughs> I think she was on this show today. Maybe. And they just go, hmm, yeah, that looked mean. Here's another thing that's also mean. And you're like, well, they're not the same kinds of mean, though. No. So King of Segway style over here does not appreciate exactly. the segways that they use. So uh, she's she's talking about wow, some you know clear resentment from Batista there talking about his match with Triple H. On the subject of resentment, here's Braun Strowman to talk about the Saturday Night Live guys. Speaking of segways, I'm like that's not. I, know. I don't feel like Braun resents them. <laughs> that's that's the wrong emotion you're talking about. Yeah. He's he, angry with them. He feels disrespected by them. Yeah. Well, I suppose maybe Batista feels disrespected by Triple H. So maybe they are the same. Anyway, Braun, Braun steps in. I forgot this segment happened, by the way. Um, I don't think we talked about it last week. I think we set it up that we were going to talk about it, and then we never did. Braun beating up the car. We talked about the car. Maybe we didn't talk about the action figure it's, it's a it's a toy they yeah. did that segment because they because so like a lot of people were like wow they released a toy of that very quickly and i'm like no no no. this is like this is this is he-man this is like we need to sell a toy line let's make a cartoon mm. for it. this is thundercats and, and gi joe transformers this is chuck them in a shark cage you remember <laughs> yeah. those few months where every match was in a shark cage <laughs> yeah. uh so yeah batista's talking about sorry not batista braun Strowman's talking about how he's angry at colin jost and Alexa Bliss comes in and says, well, let me sort it out. Uh, wait next week. So imagine there'll be a, another angle next week. And Braun said he'll be in the Men's Battle Royal at WrestleMania so he can give everyone these hands. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So he can throw around. Has he been in a Battle Royal? He was in a Battle Royal a couple of years ago, I think. He won the greatest Royal No, I think Rumble. he's been in an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal mm. as well. I think it was the one which, which Mojo won. Yeah. Came out to Mojo and Jinder. Yeah, because I think we're all like, well, Braun's winning, right? Yeah. And then Mojo won it. Because of Gronk. To give some inspirational words to kids. <laughs> With the trophy in that, we're carrying the trophy around to every single building. Those were also good promos. <laughs> Mojo Rawley's good. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we got the main event of Seth Rollins well, versus also, Drew McIntyre. We also got Charlotte Flair doing Girl Up. And yeah. I just thought, why didn't you do this with baby faces? It, you've got enough of them. Because wrestling's fake. Oh, I see. And now that that is out, that, that, like, now that's been exposed by Ronda, I guess we're just not going to care about consistency within the show you're watching. Yeah. Why not do this with Becky? Here is the wrestling stuff. The wrestling stuff is is real when you're watching the wrestling stuff, apart from when they reference that it's not real. And then you've got the 
actual stuff in the real world, mm. which is the PR stuff, which is actually more fabricated than the real. I don't know. It's just it's mind-bogglingly awful. Anyway, here's some good news. It's not going to be Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania like I feared. Yet. Yet, perhaps. Well, no, I feel like they're, no. I think, I feel like they're sticking to this one because Drew challenged Roman to a match at WrestleMania. Mm. Few very happy to be wrong on that one or if our weather plans changed or not either way i'm just glad it's drew and it's not baron corbin yeah yeah uh i i didn't drew had a good promo he was talking about like you know you want to do things for your family now so if you want to do things for your family i beg you don't accept my challenge mm -hmm. because i will you know i'll end you at wrestlemania yeah i thought that was more than enough i thought you know, I know what you're talking about. I know you're talking about leukemia there. I know you're talking about nearly dying, and now you want to spend time with the family. So I didn't feel they needed to say after that, Drew said the line, you might have beaten leukemia, but you can't beat me mm. at WrestleMania. And I just thought, that, I that's think that's a that, stupid line. That's a Baron Corbin line, yeah. not, not Drew McIntyre. And I also think that Drew's been completely cooled off as, I, I think they did a good job last week of trying to make him look dominant again, but he spent the last six to eight months as a lackey for other people. Yeah, he beat Kurt Angle, and then there were four months of nothing. Being, being Just stuck being, in the mid-card vortex. Yeah, the mid-card of evil. Uh, I thought you might be really more annoyed at the, the way that this whole segment was structured. Yeah. Because what happened was, <laughs> Drew came out, and then they did the video, like he pointed to the screen, and they did the video recap thing. Then he cuts his promo, and then it cuts to Seth on screen, and backstage, in backstage, Gorilla. and then he plays a video package that shows him attacking Drew from earlier in the night. Yeah, so Seth just says, uh, you know, Drew saying all this stuff that Drew just said. That's why I attacked him with a chair at the start of the night, and then it just plays the clip right there. Yeah, I'm like, well, what's Rollins doing in back at Gorilla? Oh, it was just stupid. It yeah. just makes it so scripted and exposed. So staged. It looked very goofy. Uh, and he said that that chair shot was for his brothers, but this one's for him. Uh, and then they sort of collided in the aisle uh, to start yeah. the match. Yeah, because they can't wait for that, but they can wait for a recap package <laughs> to play. That's how much they hate each other. Yeah. Uh, this was, you know, surprise, surprise, Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins had a really good match. They they, they really did. Uh, some mm. really, really nice stuff. And yeah, I liked uh, Rollins trying to do a moonsault off the steps and Drew just swatting him down. I thought that was really cool. I like Drew catching a Seth dive and then just throwing him into the oh, barricade. Yeah. There was the Alabama slam. Yeah, the reverse which one, yeah. Really brutal on Landed Seth. Right on his shoulder. Yeah. Off, mate. Like, I think the next couple of weeks is going to be me freaking out every time <laughs> Seth lands. He did he did his usual sunset flip over the turnbuckle um and he landed and that's, you know, where the, the old I think ACL tear with Kane came from. Yeah. I just I was like, ah, ah, is he okay? <laughs> and uh, they did this really, like, they did the superplex Falcon Arrow spot, kind of twisted up, and I really like this. Seth jumps up, he hits the superplex, and then Drew goes to reverse the Falcon Arrow, but Seth reverses it and then hits the Falcon Arrow. I thought it was actually a really nice way to do it. Yeah, it's, it's, Rollins is so good at having his match, his template of match, but just riffing on his usual spots. I, I, I'm amazed how he hasn't run out of riffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, But then, but like then a, the finish came. But like a complete idiot, he got distracted by Brock's music and Drew hit the Claymore and won. Yeah. Such a lazy, rubbish finish of, of Brock coming out, standing there, 
smiles. Seth is like, ooh. ooh. Turns around, Drew Claymore win. So, yeah. Um, I guess it's good because Seth was was cost the match. He doesn't look... He, he looks stupid, but he doesn't look physically weak. And Drew won the match, which makes sense if he's going to face Roman. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was, uh, apart from Batista and Ronda, this was a bad episode of Raw. Yeah, not great. Um, boring, I would say. Boring for a lot of, lot of the show. Boring Corbin. So it was, <laughs> it was boring or it was infuriating because mm. the, Kurt, the Kurt stuff was actually quite a big part of this show. It ran through multiple segments and it just, yeah. I'd, even if it is a swerve. It's still really badly done. Yeah, very poorly done. I'm I'm not <coughs> excited for a lot of the Raw matches at Mania. I'm really not into Seth versus Brock. I haven't felt like... Seth winning the Royal Rumble doesn't feel like a big deal. And Seth versus Brock doesn't feel like a big deal at the moment. Kind of into Drew, I guess. Like They, they were putting over that he's defeated all three members of the Shield in one week, so that's like a, a really strong way to mm. put him over so Roman can beat him at Mania. That, that, that's quite nice. No, I, I think they've, they've completely botched this uh, Kurt Angle retirement storyline thing. They completely bungled that. Not massively into the women's tag title stuff and the Raw tag titles are just completely forgotten. Dash Wilder openly burying being a champion on Twitter, saying, like, don't wish it upon your kids. It's terrible. Um, so yeah, not a great show, but I did like Ronda and I do like Batista. So thumbs up for those segments. Who, and this is the podcast now. (laughs) Yeah. Why is there orange peelings over (laughs) my shoulder? (laughs) Who's been eating an orange in here? That'd be me. Yeah. Uh, I I brought them here when I was doing, uh, the, the devil may cry thing. I'll, uh, I'll, you were I'll... just eating it in the background. No, 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 no. I, I, I ate it before we recorded. <laughs> um, but I've only just realised that it's uh, it's mm. still there. Uh, it's Luke not likes shop. to leave me little presents <laughs> around the studio. It's a little glass of water glass that I've, here, I've left a little there. there. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I, I will get rid of that. I actually, I genuinely forgot it was there. Hey, everyone should. Do, I mean, like me personally. I'm dead against this screen stalker malarkey mm-hmm. because it, they're trying to assimilate wrestle talk and destroy us. Obviously, but um, what what are your thoughts? Well, I think they produce excellent uh, content that's uh, movie news and video game news. I think they've done hilarious uh, let's play videos and genuinely very informative while being funny at the same time. Some might say it's wrestle talk. But for movies and video games, God, that sounds that sounds. In- I, I mean, it's it's a shame that we're in an eternal war with them right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. Otherwise, I would ask everyone to go check it out. Yeah, you yourself were on the episode yesterday. I wasn't talking about movie news and James Gunn. Yeah, and Captain Marvel topping the box office for a second mm-hmm. week, and some Jay and Silent Bob reboot cameos. So, yeah, I mean, they they treated me very nicely. Um, I had a very nice time over there. The graphics are very impressive. That's very nice. Like when you when you're looking behind you at the graphics, it it does look very nice yeah, there. We've got yeah. Such an expensive setup here for have those live mm-hmm. live yeah, graphics. One hundred percent. Yeah. So they I, they treated me very very well in, in the time that I've spent with them. Apart um, from the fact that we're at, at war with them. Um, and you would say go go subscribe. Yeah, I would one hundred percent say go subscribe. Also, uh, in the podcast archives um, on Friday, the Avengers 
uh, Endgame trailer reaction was Ooh. also released as a bonus podcast. So you could find that in the podcast archives, which I would also recommend going to listen to. It's like more rambling. Yeah. Just, like, if you just like the rambling of this and you don't like the podcast bits, no, mm-hmm. that's the wrong way around. Mm-hmm. The, the main show bits, yeah, yeah. there's a whole extra thing for you. If you're like an after-swafter, mm. like, absolutely. Um, we got this email in from uh, Kuka, who says, Hi, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, and every garbage can in the office, but definitely not Randy. <laughs> My suggestion for Randy Datsun fans would be Randy's Fat Sons. Either that or non-existence. Love the content. Thank you. Uh, love you. Goodbye. We still haven't found... Um, no. uh, oh, someone did send me a very good one for the Discord name, though. So do you want that? The mayor of Painesville keeps uh, messaging me Spinal Cord, <laughs> which is a terrible name. For reference, not good. Not a good name, no. Dan. D- Dan, everything you have done for this channel has been wonderful, with the exception of that. We didn't start the fire. Uh, no. Uh, Wrestle Talks on Fire. Wrestle Talks on Fire. fire. Uh, Martin suggested New World Discorder. Oh, the NWD. Yeah. That's good. New new, new World Discorder. New Wrestle Talk Discorder. Mm, Mm. Doesn't work as well. I'm conscious that Wrestle Talk isn't in the name. But After Swafters isn't. Yeah, new wrestle, new new world discorder. Yeah, and funny like enough, that. actually, um, Ashley uh, Ash sent in the exact same thing, saying greetings to my favorite wrestling YouTube channel. No greetings to Randy Andy Dadson. Although not a regular user of Discord, I do browse from time to time. My suggestion for our nickname would be New World Discorder. Thank okay. you. I'm here all week. Keep up the consistent contents. It's the front runner at the moment. It certainly is. I very much like that one. Um, uh, not that email. Sorry, I meant to open it's, this one. It's just below Wrestle Talk Universe. Mm-hmm. My my rankings. Um, Daryl has suggested that we call Randy Danson fans Andy's Toys. Uh, the name fits on several Ooh. levels. One, there aren't many of them. Uh, two, they might get misplaced easily. And three, the child from Toy Story was Andy. That's from Daryl. I thanks for explaining that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I <laughs> I just makes me, I don't like the idea of saying Andy's Toys. Mm. I just it's an open ended thing. Uh, I don't, personally, it makes me me feel. A, like I need to wash. Yeah, yeah, so I, I, I feel I'm, that. I'm going to steer away from that one. He also has a PS on this email saying, uh, "Re Ollie's marathon training." Uh, I recently heard on a running podcast that it's better to be 10% undertrained than 1% overtrained. Not sure what the stats are for being more than 10% undertrained. Wishing you luck at the Mon- London Marathon. Hoping I get to run it in another year or two. Good luck to you. I hear that, and I hear, oh, 1% overtrained is bad, but 20% overtrained. That's where the real benefits kick in and you unlock some kind of superpower. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Jesse emailed in to suggest for the Discord server, Wrestle Talkers, which isn't as good as... Uh, no. as, as, as it's, too, it's too solid. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is an email in from Andrew... Um, but I wonder if it's more of an email that you and I can just have off mic. But it's, uh, hello, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, and most certainly not Andy Kratzen. Recently on the podcast, um, he's written Ali, but I think he means Ollie, was talking about how he's allergic to dogs. So is my fiance. However, we were able to find a product called Allopet, and essentially it makes it so dog produces little to no da- uh, dander. Dander? Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things. And she went from deathly allergic and would get hives, coughing, sneezing. Uh, however, sentence using uh, Allopet, we've had... I think that's meant to be since using Allopet. We've had no problems. All you have to do is apply it to the dog once a week, and the dog loves it. It's non-toxic, and genuinely just makes their skin feel smoother. Just wanted to let you know in case you ever wanted to get an office dog. It's from Andrew. Interesting. I wonder if it works on cats. 
Because really, I want a cat yeah. at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but They well, are adorable. Yeah, but... Um, Particularly after seeing Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, what they call it? I want a Fleur... <laughs> want a spoilers. Fleur, Fleur, Fleur. Um, Dander is material shed from the body of humans and various animals that have fur, hair, or feathers. Mm. Um, it's where dandruff comes from. Dandruff. Dandruff. Ah, interesting. Well, that's, I've kind of made that up. It says the term is similar to dandruff. Oh, okay. 80% fact. 80% fact. Um, Josh emailed in to suggest that the uh, loser of the oh, Wrestle League... What's that called again? Uh, Alapet. Alapet. Um, uh, Josh emailed in for suggesting for the loser of the prediction uh, has to sing the podcast segue song, Dick Diggity, Dick Diggity Dog, for a one-off episode. It might be mildly humorous. Mm-hmm. Someone also suggested that we watch Total Bellas for 10 hours. But doesn't really sound like much of a punishment. Just be a bit boring, really. Yeah. Or, I don't think it'd be the worst thing ever. Or really engrossing. Yeah, it might be brilliant. Like, a, a lot of people who watch it say Total Divas was the best product WWE was putting out at yeah, the time. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of, like, it's, you know, 25-minute episode, coherent storylines. Yeah, consistent storylines as well. Mm. Um, the Married Marks podcast are a big fan of Total Divas. And yeah. actually, they're in, like, their enthusiasm for that show made me want to check it out. Um, that's a good point, though. We've got punishments for us in the in the Wrestle League, but what about the the other people, the Pledgehammers? Mm. What if you come last Love. in the overall league? Oh, interesting. Or first? Yeah. Well, I suppose there's no way for us to police it, really, because we could tell them to do something, and they might just not, not do it. Do like, it I, yeah. like when I lose, and I am going to lose um, this season of Wrestle League. It's shocking. There's a lot of stuff coming up, though. There's yeah. like four events that we're going to do predictions on, yeah, which yeah. is more than we've actually had. Mm, that's true, yeah. So it's always all a chance the time to, to make it up. Pull it back or make it worse. Hmm. Um, we've got this 80% factor from Zachary. Uh, I heard up until middle school that if you lift weight, it stunts your growth. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I was always told to, to focus on the running machine and um, oh, who was it? I think it was called Michael McDonoghue or something. He lifted weights. And he was short. But I don't know what came first. Yeah. But it was enough to scare me. Here is a wonderful one. This comes in from Diamond Crusader. You might recognize that name from the Do You Remember mm. um, that we get emailed in for the, the mailbag on a Saturday show. 80% fact. You don't need to brush your teeth if you eat apples. Mm, I've heard that. Well, he writes here. I heard this from Ollie on Flickering Myth Podcast, episode 42, but after saying it out loud, he wasn't sure anymore. <laughs> the actual definition of an 80% fact. Wow. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> when you say something you're not really thinking about and you immediately catch yourself. Oh, it's pure. That, that is the absolute perfect 80% fact. I think that shows character because a lot of people will just say stick with rubbish it. Just stick with and it, not mate. think about it. Yep. Whereas I am constantly doubting myself and everything around me. And that's a good. That's what I look for in people. Mm. Constant fear of being wrong. Well, uh, Diamond Crusader has sent in another one. It says, Ahoy, Ollie, Luke and Laurie, and for sure not the forgotten dat son, Randy Mandy Ratson. <laughs> now, do you recognize the forgotten son? The Forgotten Sons are uh, a little indie act, aren't they? <laughs> From some nerdy promotion. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. that's what they are. Uh, 80% fact. Someone wants polished their flesh flute between tube stations. That person allegedly is one of Ollie's friends. My guess, it's Randy Randy. Mm. Ollie mentioned this fact on the Flicker Myth podcast, but doubted it. But Luke said it's certainly possible to do in two minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God, we talked about a lot of crap on that podcast, didn't we? It's weird how stuff you bring up changes when more people listen. 
Because <laughs> a lot of the time, and actually I feel like this about when we do the intros and outros, I forget that people then listen to the conversation yeah. that we're having. Because this is just the usual <laughs> chat that we might normally have. We, uh, yeah, well, like, we were playing <laughs> and we to were what? a lot filthier then. And we were playing to a much smaller audience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I had a friend. One, someone I knew claimed to have... Um, Spanked the monkey? Self-jogged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had yeah. a little jog alone uh -huh. on an empty tube carriage between two stops. No, between one stop and managed to finish that jog. He was successful. In in the one stop. He beat his uh, personal best. My, my, my question was just why? <laughs> <laughs> How and why? Yeah, like, yeah, number one, I don't believe you. And number two, why did you do that if it did happen? Mm. Yeah. Uh, this one comes in from John. Maybe we'll have this as our last one. Hello, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, and of course, Randy. Boo. Not. Yeah. Here's an 80% fact for you. I believe that celery has negative calories. Mm. This is because it takes more energy to chew than calories within the celery. Therefore, if you want to lose weight, eat celery. Many thanks. John Petty from Southeast London. Yeah, I've heard this one. I think this is legit, though. Oh, yeah? Because it's like celery has about, it's mostly water and stuff that my teeth can't tear apart. And it's like 12 calories. And because it's so crunchy and chewy, <coughs> that you burn you burn more calories is in the that act chewy, of mastication. Though? I don't think celery is that chewy. I have, cher I have celery and hummus I as like a lovely snack. Difficult. Oh, I love celery. And that's a bit of snap to it. What about the little strings that just... Mm, beautiful. No, yeah. I've got a thing with anything stringy. I used to, be, I used to have to cut up pizza because I didn't like the cheese when when the I'm not like that anymore. I was going to say I was that's a difficult a... child. <laughs> My mum has told me I was a difficult child. Anyway, that is all we've got time for on this episode of the Wrestle Ramble podcast. We're going to be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review with that Kofi Kingston gauntlet match and Bailey and Banks are apparently going to show up and challenge the Iconics and Miz is going to address Shane McMahon's actions, all that and more, and with your 80% facts, etc. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.